Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The intro Welcome in. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies. <laughs> okay. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. You have way too much practice doing that. All right. Well, did you tweet it out so I can tweet it out to all our listeners? I'm trying to, but I accidentally undid it because I got be- I got big fat fingers. All right, big news. We have John Feinstein coming on nine minutes. It is the emerging podcast scene brought to you as always by Extend by the fine people at Extend Technologies. X T E N D A V dot com. A uh, quick recap. End of the show, Kenny. We had a stunner pulled on us. Uh, one of the great late show surprises in show history. Yes, if you don't count. Some of the great Trista Crick impressions of coming in hot. Those are great. We had the big voice guy from the world famous Walleye, weighted Walleye video. Do you have anything to say for yourself, Jake? Which I can't do the guy any justice no. now that I've heard that his was, voice more. But that was pretty good. Uh, so we are going to try to work with him and collaborate. And who knows? This could be the start of an unbelievable friendship and relationship. Yeah, we already have his number. I hope so. Double A, I can't hear you. Double A, you got to turn your mic on. So you don't have any idea how to do this, do you? No, no, Mike. Double A's mic's not working. The whole thing, the whole thing has gone to hell. The whole thing has gone to hell. What's the matter, Double A? What are you doing now? The other thing is, Kenny. We really can't do this podcast without Owen here. It's, It's that apparent. Kenny, the... What? Ezekiel Elliott... Stuff at the end of the show. Yeah. Where are these rumors coming from? And why, outside of the fact that he's a big name, was a first-round pick, and played for Ohio State, why, based on what everybody has seen, the Cowboys are on TV every week. Yeah. The the big debate shows are talking about Ezekiel Elliott and how bad he is every week. There's nobody that wants Ezekiel Elliott, right? Like, legitimately wants him. Have you seen anybody say, yes, the Browns are getting Zeke? Uh, no, I don't think there's, uh, there's been some weird internet stuff that's gone on, but I don't think any of it's been legitimate. Why am I going too far in saying he must've been one of the worst running backs in football last year of guys no, that actually he had got the football yards last year? He wasn't one of the worst 3.8 yards per carry. He wasn't that great, but he still had 800 yards last that's, year. That's, just, that's Trent Richardson territory there. He wasn't that again. He wasn't that great, but he had 800 yards last year and he's always hurt. I don't want him. I don't yeah, want him. I, I mean, I, I get that, you know, they have their starter. They have their backup. They have Chubb. They have Jerome Ford. I just feel like this guy, I'd rather have Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt could catch the ball in the backfield, at least. 
Oh, you mean instead of Zeke Elliott? Yeah, I'd rather have. I'd just rather have neither. I mean, I, I'm. Yeah, I understand. I mean, if they brought Kareem Hunt back, that's fine. But I, I basically I've moved on in my mind. So I'd rather have D. Ernest Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Where did I, he I, end I've up? moved on. Ja- Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think he's down with the Jaguars, and we wish him, we wish him well. We wish him success. Every time he carried the ball for the Browns, he was good. Dearness Johnson. Um, right? I'm not off on that, am I? Every time he did what now? Every time he didn't get a lot of carries, but every time he carried the ball yeah. for the Browns, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. That the, they've done well with running backs. They did well. John Kelly, I thought, was had has shown some promise. Former Tennessee volunteer. Uh they've done well with running backs with some of the guys they've they've got since Andrew Barry's taken over and things like that. Uh, and, and obviously John Dorsey drafted Nick Chubb. So yeah. congrats or credit to uh John Dorsey for for seeing that. Because there, I remember that first preseason game I think it was against the Giants. He wasn't very good at finding holes and people were going, Oh, here we go. And then he was great. And now he's one of the best I mean, he's been one of the best backs in the over league over the last few years, so I mean, he's great. So, I got no qualm about that. Yeah, no right. qualm about that. Everything else good? Uh, it is. As we wait for John Feinstein, Kenny, it's not John Feinstein's fault. We're just we. He's coming on at ten thirty, yeah. so we're we're getting to that uh, level. Yeah, said yesterday. And we've had a bunch of technical difficulties here because Double A's in charge. Oh, Double A's going to Disney. Did you see that? So it's solidified. It's a done deal. Yeah, yes. he's going tonight. Yes. When are you deal. leaving? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, Tomorrow morning. morning. So we'll be. Is your mic on? He's not on the mic. It still doesn't work. It should be in program. Double A, you have to come over here. Wait a minute. Turn it on now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. We have you now. You got us. Yeah. You turned down. You for whatever reason you turned down your headset. Now, Double A. We've obviously heard the trials and tribulations of Ken Carmen's big trip down to Disney. When did you book your trip? This was probably back in January. It was all booked back in January. We talked about this. Way back in like September, that we was going to do this trip, and it was all paid off last January. Now, did you ask for anybody's advice? Did you go on YouTube? Did you look at the travel blogs? What did you do to prepare for a trip of this magnitude? Because Kenny was fortunate; he had Liz to do almost all of that for him. Rebecca's doing the same thing for me. Rebecca's doing the same every, almost every single day. She'll send over videos. There's like help guides. As okay. far as like, as far as like, what to eat, what m- meal plan, rides, things not to do, hotels to stay at, every day there is something new. Well, I hope you guys have a good time. Now, sh- thank you, thank you. Now we, she has studied up on this trip. I've tried, and I'm like, no, I want to be surprised. I want to. I did take notes from Ken when he said, mm-hmm. be open minded. Have fun. Embrace it. Um, I am very curious about how I'm going to handle the humidity. Wait, wait a second. We've had humidity before, double A. Uh, we've had August in Cleveland. What, what do you mean, handle the humidity? But this is Florida humidity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't do well with humidity, period. Yeah. So Did you get a base tan down? Not yet, no. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Interesting. Do you have your outfits picked out? Yes. Did she pick out your outfits? No. Well, she do gave you me do re- your own packing. Yes. She gave me recommendations, but I'm like, you know, she what? gave you recommendations. It. So she, she wrote down on paper. Here are the outfits I'd like to see you wear. No, it wasn't like that. No, that sounds sexy. <laughs> That's kind of, kind of get into that. No, it wasn't that. No, okay. 
gave me some recommendations. Uh, but are you going to be representing Cleveland? Like, wh- are are you hoping that someone goes? Oh, are you from Cleveland? Because that's what a lot of people do when they travel. They wear their <laughs> Cleveland or Ohio ask State you, stuff. Should I wear next time I travel? Should I wear all? Or should I wear Cleveland stuff wherever I go every day? Should I do that? I'm asking you. Oh, do you want to do that? Yes, so I did that. Why not? What are they going to do? Fist fight me? So it's very. If I go to Boise, Idaho, they're gonna go, you bastard! Like, what are they gonna do? When, when I was younger, I used to do that. I used to wear Ohio State stuff and Cleveland Cavs for like the first LeBron go around. And I remember traveling, and I went to Vegas, and I wore that stuff along with my Affliction shirts because you know UFC. Oh my god! Uh, obviously, you look at me, and you take one look, and you go, oh, "There's a UFC fan." Did you wear, did you wear a tap out? Yeah. You know what? I never had tap out. Why not? I didn't. No, I was just. I, I went in and out of the affliction phase so fast. It was, really? It was really one summer that I had all that. And I was, Kenny, you'd be, you'd be impressed. My arms were big. I mean, my body was not big. My body was never big. My arms were, were pretty big. I know Keith Britton's listening and going, you want to see big. Keith is not listening. Oh, okay. I don't know why, but he's not. Uh, so the affliction phase went very quickly. But I remember that I went to Vegas, and it was during the summer, and we were at the pools, and I had... Cleveland, I had Ohio State shorts, and everywhere you would go, hey, where are you from? Where are you from? And then you realize as you get older, so what? I'm I'm just traveling so that I can have conversations with Clevelanders wherever I go. Oh. Like, what's the point of that? Hey, oh, I'm from Stowe. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Chesterland. Okay, well, that's cool. And then what? Then what's the point of that conversation? Yeah, we, I guess there's nothing much else. Like, well, I, I'm going back to Cleveland tomorrow. I'm going in two days. Okay, we'll never talk again. Like, it really is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you truly break it down. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know who's not stupid? Uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Smart. He is the best. See, I know he has a better LinkedIn and a better resume than almost anybody covering professional sports, college sports, golf. But I know him best from his expertise at doing the CBS Sports Minute. <laughs> Renowned author John Feinstein. 
Well, I, I'm not sure if that's a great introduction, but good morning and thanks. Um, I enjoy doing those minutes. Um, I think in terms of work, they added up to about one of my books, though. <laughs> well, that's good. And we, we will go over your books because uh, you are one of the all-time renowned authors, especially around some of the great golf figures in uh, in the history of golf and all, all the other things that you've been a part of. So we are very excited. We've had you on before. We have you in podcast form right now. You don't have to swear or anything, but, you know, we let it loose. We let it fly. And that's fitting because you just had a big, big... Uh, piece of art, I would call it, from the reviews that I'm seeing, for Faraday, the remarkably funny and tragic journey of golf's David Faraday. And he is one of the all-time, all-time personalities around the sport of golf. And I'm sure you, you knew that going in, and uh, after all your discussions with him, I'm sure you feel the exact same. I swear you're right about that. Um, that's my swear for the day. Um, well, actually, I don't feel exactly the same. Although your points are well taken, I feel even more strongly. I always felt that David's story was a remarkable one. I've known him for 30-plus years. Um, he grew up, as you know, during the Troubles in Northern Ireland. He turned pro at 17 when he was a five handicap, which sounds good to you or me, but isn't very good if you want to make a living playing golf. Uh, became a very good player on the European Tour, won five times, played on the famous Ryder Cup team, the War by the Shore, in 91, beat Payne Stewart in the singles, who was the U.S. Open champion at the time, um, had serious alcohol problems, still fights alcoholism uh, every day of his life, uh, had a terrible first marriage, uh, a wonderful second marriage, but lost a son, to a drug overdose five and a half years ago. Well, that's why the subtitle is The Remarkably Funny and Tragic Story of David Faraday. He's a remarkable guy. He's an incredibly generous, spirited person. And uh, I found sitting with him for hours and hours even more fascinating than I had originally imagined it would be. You've known him for how long now? Uh, 1993, so that's 30 years. And working on the book... What did you learn about him that you didn't know before? That his life has been, uh, you know, for all the, the, the humor. I mean, he's incredibly funny, as you know. Uh, he became a star on CBS and then at NBC and now at Live uh, because of his humor and his insights into the game and into people. Um, but it, his life has been very difficult. In fact, he made a very good point to me early on that when he started to travel as a professional golfer, uh, that was the first time he realized that the way he grew up wasn't normal, that most people don't grow up with bombs going off every day. Most people don't grow up with people dying every day. Most people don't grow up with uh, identity checks, you know, just going to and from work or to and from school even. Um, and, and so he thought that was the way you grew up growing up in Northern Ireland, and then realized, of course, that that's not the way you're supposed to grow up. And that has affected him his whole life. He still thinks of himself, uh, for all the success he's had, all the money he's made, uh, as the kid from Bangor, Northern Ireland, which is 12 miles from, from Belfast. Grew up in a 1,200-square-foot uh, home. Uh, his dad worked on the docks uh, and then ran a small travel agency with David's uncle, um, his mom raised the three kids. There were two sisters and David. Uh, he shared a room with his younger sister. Uh, and, and now, even though his life is completely different from that, he still goes back to Bangor um, a couple times a year. He goes back to see his mom, who's still alive, and his sisters, who still live there. And, uh, and one of his proudest achievements, 
he likes to say, is he dropped out of high school as a, as a junior because he was bored and didn't think he was learning anything and was invited back to the high school he dropped out of to be the graduation speaker several years ago. Hmm. John Feinstein hmm. with us. You mentioned him and his, you know, exploration into various media outlets, uh, you yeah. know, in golf, especially CBS. They love to hang on to guys and and have that uh, fitted suit jacket with the crest, you know, for life. <laughs> but for Faraday, he's bounced around. And in this case, you know, Charles Barkley made huge news uh, when there were rumors of him yeah. potentially going to broadcast with the Live Tour. And essentially during that time, as you know, uh, John, everybody in the country that followed sports and especially followed golf had an assessment on whether or not they thought it was okay that the golfers or the broadcasters or anybody affiliated with the sport would make money from uh, the people that run Live Golf. Uh, was this a tough move for him? And how did you feel about him or any of these these well, broadcasters or golfers making that jump? Very good question. And my first response when David told me he was making the jump to live, I, I, I had almost finished the book at that point. And I, I texted him and I said, you mean to tell me I've got to rewrite these last two chapters just so you can make a measly couple million extra dollars? And he wrote back and said, it's not a measly couple extra million dollars. And I, I think, Whoa. you know, all of us can sit here. Obviously, I'm not in favor of sports washing, whether it's Saudi Arabia or China or Russia or Qatar. Um, but it's very easy for me to sit here and say, well, I'd never take that kind of money. Nobody's ever offered me that kind of money. Uh, it, it's what I call stupid money because it's generational, as Harold Varner III said. It, it's, it's money that, that's going to go on for a long, long time. And here's what happened with David. I'll try to give you a Reader's Digest version. That's my cat, by the way. As oh, you what's know, the cat's name? What's the cat's name? Uh, Oliver. Oh, um, he's Oliver. an orange cat, so we named him Oliver. Almost like yes, Milo. Yeah. He wants to be a radio star. Um, but he, uh, David, as you said, was a star at CBS, and, but he wanted to do more than just uh, broadcast tournaments. And Golf Channel NBC came to him with this idea for an interview show, which I'm sure you guys have seen and was hugely successful. And David and his agent went to CBS and said, we'd like to do this at CBS. We'd like for David to have a role beyond doing the tournaments. In fact, he did a tryout for the Andy Rooney role on 60 Minutes. Uh, and, and I think he would have been great at it. But uh, they didn't, the, the news division didn't take him up on it. And so he moved to NBC, not so much for money, but to get to do the interview show and to do other things. And it worked well until they canceled the interview show. Golf channels lost so much money uh, that they you know, had to save money somewhere, and David's show got, got, got bounced. And at that point, he was going into the last year of his contract with NBC, and he looked around and he saw they were retiring Roger Maltby, they were retiring Gary Koch, both in his age group. And he thought, maybe they're going to retire me at the end of 2023. And along came Greg Norman saying, we want you to be our John Madden. Those were his exact words. And between that and the money uh, that he was offered, um, David jumped. Uh, was I happy that he jumped? No, again, because I had to rewrite the last two chapters, <laughs> but also because of my feelings about sports washing. But again, I think it would be hypocritical of me to sit here and say, oh, I'd never take that money, because I don't know that I wouldn't. And the other thing that I think is significant is, as you guys know, a lot of the people who made the jump, 
said, oh, I'm doing this to grow the game of golf. I want to have you know, a new kind of golf out there in the world. David said, quote, I'm doing it for the blank and money. So at least he was honest about it. In fact, he wasn't that far from you guys when, when he said that. He was doing a, a, a thing with Gary Koch um, in Akron right after he made the move, and that's where he made that statement. Well, Phil Mickelson is somebody who talked along the lines of what you said. He's doing yeah. it to fix the PGA Tour. He's trying to get the rights of those PGA Tour you know, multimillionaires, but he wants them to have full rights. Phil Mickelson was one of my favorite, is one of my favorite golfers, if not the favorite. I've rooted for him. Some of the moments that first Masters where he hopped into the air, I mean, I will remember that till the day I die. It's one of my, my, my greatest moments. Right, you the either, all-time white man's job. Exactly. You were either a Tiger guy or you were a Phil guy, and I was on the Phil side of things, and I feel pretty good right now about how he's coming off a major win last year. But either way, his legacy is forever tarnished. I mean, there's no disputing that. And the way that they talked about him walking around at the Masters, I mean, I, I don't know if you can have sympathy for somebody who took all that money, but I, I did. I felt sympathetic because it's Phil Mickelson. He's... One of the one of the, the 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 guys on tour that had the biggest following. Everybody wanted his autograph, and now yep. to have his legacy tarnished to this degree, this is this is something that I think is going to plague him forever, John. Yeah, I think your point about the legacy is is well taken, and I think legacy is important to athletes. I mean, it's important to all of us. I know it's important to David, and and it's something he's given uh, a lot of thought to since making uh, the jump to live. And if you notice, I don't know if you guys have watched any of the telecasts, but the play-by-play guy, Arlo White, uh, who's a soccer guy, um, in fact, he appears on uh, um, what's what's the the show about the soccer coach? I'm blocking on the name of Ted Lasso. Uh, yeah, Ted Lasso. Thank you. And. Um, but Arlo White is the cheerleader for Lip. He's the guy who talks about how great this all is and the drama and the team event, as if anybody cares about any team event in golf other than the Ryder Cup, um, and goes on and on. David pretty much stays away from all that. He pretty much says, you know, here's what's happening, makes his comments. Uh, a few weeks ago, somebody went bunker to bunker on a shot, and David said, you know, that's the kind of shot where you come out of the bunker and wish your mom was there to give you a hug. Um, and that that so David is still being David. But your point about Phil Mickelson is 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 important because he was going to be the Ryder Cup captain uh, in 2025 now because of the the year long the year delay because of COVID. He was going to be the Ryder Cup captain at Bethpage. That 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 was set in stone for 20 years now, uh, and very much wanted to be the Ryder Cup captain and become a leader of the Ryder Cup teams as a player. Uh, now, unless something changes, he's not going to be the Ryder Cup captain. That will not be part of his legacy. And and you're right. People are going to people aren't going to remember so much. I don't think that he took the money because again, all of us would have to be tempted by money like that. Uh, even though he was already a multimillionaire, although we've heard the stories about Phil's financial issues, but. The fact that he, you know, came out with all these ridiculous excuses, I'm doing it to grow the game of golf, and, you know, to be, that, that is, that's just a bunch of excuse the expression bull, since we're on a podcast. Um, and everybody knows it, and Phil knows it, because Phil's a very bright guy. And that, you know, that's going to be, the, the whole question with Liv and the legacy is going to be where this ends up with live in the PGA tour. I think eventually there's going to have to be some kind of uh, uh, 
merger the way there was with the AFL, the NFL, the ABA, the NBA, the NHL, the WHA. I, I just think it's going to have to happen because those who are the leaders of the game, and I include players like Rory McIlroy in that, even though Rory says he's going to back off from that leadership role now, uh, but th- those who are the leaders of the game have to understand that the game isn't as good when the best players don't play with one another. And that's what this is is going to eventually be about. John Feinstein joining us on the show. See, I look at it as, you know, you mentioned the AFL and NFL and like the split and the merger and things like that and things becoming bigger. You know, I've, I've looked at this. I'm a racing fan. I've looked at this more in terms of like IRL and CART a long time ago with, with IndyCars and how it kind of really watered it down. Um, I'm, I'm, I gotta tell you, John, I'm not as interested anymore. Now, I'm not, I'm not a hardcore golf guy. I haven't been, but I've, I've always liked golf. My co-host Anthony mm-hmm. can attest. But I've never been full on every single day at the links playing well. That type of, that type of golfer. But the type of person that would want to go to a golf tournament, would want to watch it on the weekend, would certainly pay attention to the majors and some of the other um, higher tournaments. It's it's kind of lost me here over the last couple of years after the whole, after the, the initial conversation about live, it's kind of, all right, I don't know who's playing what. And yeah. frankly, I got team sports to deal with now. Well, and tennis has had that problem for years. Mm. Because unlike, uh, except during the four majors, um, the top players are rarely in the same place on the same week because it's so split up around the world. So I, 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 th- I understand exactly what you're saying. And I, also, I, I go back often during disputes like this um, to something Faye Vincent said when he was the commissioner of Major League Baseball back in the early 90s. And I was doing a book on baseball. And, and he said to me, because the owners were spoiling for another fight, the one that led to the strike in 94 and early 95, um, he said, if we have another work stoppage, because there have been seven already, um, it's going, the, the, the fans are going to look at it and say it's a bunch of greedy millionaires fighting a bunch of greedy billionaires. And I think whenever these situations occur, regardless of sport, I think a lot of people look at it the way you do. Like, please don't tell me about, you know, who's right, who's wrong, how much money's involved. Because I, I know you guys are already getting rich, the, the top players. Then those, those are the ones who are in the middle of this. You know, it's not the guys playing on the Corn Ferry Tour who are in the middle of this. And I, I really think that uh, I understand that sentiment uh, among you and, and other, other golf fans. They just they don't want to hear um, uh, about Dustin Johnson being banned from a major, which he hasn't been yet, but could be, um, or anybody else. Because they, I think their attitude is, well, you, you took the money. So take the money, enjoy the money. But please don't come crying to me that you're banned from a major. And the other side is the, the PGA Tour. And, and again, I think this is one of the reasons why Faraday was able to make the decision to leave. They've been so, so arrogant through the years. Uh, you know, remember, the PGA Tour is the only professional sport that refuses to announce fines or suspensions. You know, and, and, and there's an arrogance to that. Like, we don't have to tell you. Well, they do because the public should know. And every other sport, someone gets fined, suspended, whatever it is, they announce it, and that's it's a deterrent because it doesn't matter if a multimillionaire gets fined a hundred thousand dollars, but it does matter if he gets suspended. And they even try to keep suspension secret. So 
I don't have sympathy for either side, and I understand why why other people like yourself and others don't either. We've seen the ratings, John. We've seen that local affiliates uh, actually have gone away from the events as their final round has unfolded. You know, at like six thirty on a Sunday. A lot right. of the affiliates around the country haven't even stayed with it. I don't know if that's just contractual or the ratings are that abysmal. Uh, would it have taken Tiger Woods to go to the Live Tour for this <laughs> to actually get eyeballs? Certainly. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, as my friend Tony Kornheiser says, Tiger doesn't move the, the, the needle. He is the needle. And he has been for a long, long time. I mean, when Tiger was still healthy, and playing full-time, it was just a statistical fact that ratings helped when he played. That He had a tournament here in Washington for a number of years um, that was played first at Congressional and then at a couple other golf courses. And the first year he did not play because he was hurt, uh, one of the members of the, of the Tiger Woods Foundation board told me that everything, sponsorship, attendance, going into the tournament was down 50%. Because people knew he wasn't going to play, and and, and Tiger, you know, I, I hate to use the phrase unicorn because that's become such a cliche, um, and I hear it in Shohei Otani call that four times a night, um, but unicorn. I mean, he he. I still remember years ago something Faraday said to me um, when Tiger first came on tour, and he said to me, you know, guys are always trying to figure out. Uh, who the best player in the world to never have won a major is. And the answer to that question is Tiger Woods because he's the best player in the world. And Tiger was 20 years old at that point. So people who knew golf knew how special Tiger was right from the start. Well, John, you have obviously chronicled Tiger Woods since basically day one, and you've written about him in terms of a book, uh, many essays, and you've had uh, quite a number of back and forth with him, not all, you know, very pleasant. Uh, you, you've been quoted a ton in the Army Katayan book about Tiger. When you're hearing about Tiger in the news now, a, a broken down body, uh, barely can even be able to participate in these events without a golf cart. Right. Uh, how shocking is that to you as someone who covered him as a teenager and saw the expertise at a very early age, that, that prodigy that he was going to be, and then now, now to see him you know, with a, with a broken-down body and still making the news for some of the wrong reasons in his personal yeah, life? Yeah, for some of the wrong reasons. Let's remember, um, the Tiger's 47 years old, and most golfers are – slowing down at the least. I mean, we see occasional guys who can still compete at that age. And, and, and you know, Phil won the, the uh, PGA Championship two years ago at the age of 50. So it can be done. But Tiger has done all sorts of things to his body. Um, you know, the, the car accident, which was his fault. One car accident. The computer said he was going 84 and a 40 uh, when it happened. Um, the other issues uh, he's had in his personal life. Um, so I, I don't think I, I would say I feel sympathy for Tiger. I just It's always sad to see someone who was great at something not being great at it anymore. I, I'm still amazed that he won the Masters in 2019. I, I, was, I was amazed by that. Now, the fact that all the other contenders hit the ball in the water at 12 for some reason helped, but uh, you, know, you can only beat those who, who are competing with you. And uh, so I look back to 2019 and I say that may have been the last hurrah. 
And if it was, boy, it was a hell of a last hurrah. Let's give him credit for that. By the way, I should mention that one of the few people Tiger Woods ever liked was David Faraday because David always walked with the last group um, for CBS on Saturdays and Sundays, and Tiger was in the last group almost all the time. And uh, they nicknamed they, uh, Tiger's nickname for David was Farty because they used to have farting contests on the golf course <laughs> while Tiger was trying to win a tournament. So, he, And I think the reason Tiger liked David, besides his sense of humor, is because David was one of the few people who never asked him for anything. Uh, it, wow, terrific, terrific perspective on that. One last thing. It's been almost, it's hard to believe, right, John? It's been almost 40 years since season on the brink. And I, I thought of you, I and I, I thought of, obviously, Bobby Knight with everything that has gone on in college, the quick progression and evolution of the sport, and now NIL. How the hell would Bobby Knight have navigated NIL? You know, that I've been asked that a lot, as you might expect. And and here's, here's the thing I think about great coaches. Could Bob Knight have coached today, or even 10, 12 years ago, the way he did in 1985, 86, when I did season on the brink? No, absolutely not. There's no way. But the best coaches in any sport adapt they understand it. Mike Krzyzewski's first Final Four was 1986. His last one was 2022. The game changed in a million ways during that 36-year stretch, including, you know, one and duns, and then the NIL's a couple of years, the transfer portal, the three-point shot, the clock. All those things came into existence in that stretch. And I believe because of his competitive nature that if he was still you know, at the peak of his powers – Bob Knight would have adapted. He would have hated it the way Krzyzewski hated the one and done, but he accepted it because given a choice between fighting something that he wasn't going to win the fight against or winning games, he was he would take winning games. But you're absolutely right. The Bob Knight that I spent that season with could not possibly have coached today. John, we can't thank you enough for the time. Lima, tell about the book again, if you can, please. Yeah, Faraday, the remarkable, fun, remarkably funny and tragic journey of golf's David Faraday. And I can't think of a better primer than what you just uh, conversed about with us here on the podcast. John, we have to do this again. Always a terrific guest. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Thank you. John Feinstein joining us on the hotline. All right, that'll do, won't it? Won't what, that do it? What an interview. I mean, I was into it. I don't know if anybody else was, but I was. Why wouldn't I be into it? Well, I get nervous sometimes. We went down the golf, you know, the... Uh, well, it's the PGA Championship this weekend. It is, the vaunted PGA the Championship. Vaunted frosted, what, frosted tips, or what can was we, it? Can we be honest? We have... We have <laughs> that's well, great. There was a frost warning that's or whatever. Great. Like, David Duvall is back. The frosted tip. <laughs> can, can you imagine? They need to stop calling this the fourth major. I know it's the PGA Tour and it's their championship. Ah, I call it the fourth I'd major. Re- Who cares? Remember when we always used to say the Memorial is the fifth major. They'd have all these tournaments that were the fifth major. Let's just call all these tournaments the fourth major because there's really only three. It's the Masters. It's the U.S. Open. The Open the Championship. Open. And, of course, the U.S. Open. I would say yes. All right. That's it. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 